Welcome again to the Senior Story Hour, where we share poems, stories, and observations of life written by the Franklin Senior Center Writers Group. I'm Peter Jay. Join us now as we share and enjoy musings and moments as told by the authors themselves. Our writers today... Hi, it's Kathy Salzberg, and Happy New Year. Hi, I'm Billy Wiley. Hi, I'm Carol Belcher. Hi, I'm Alice Judge. Hi, I'm Joe Ewald, and Happy New Year. Hi, I'm Faith Flaherty. Happy New Year. Great. Thank you all for being here, joining us, and bringing us your wonderful stories today. With me, subbing for Sue Wade this week, Kathy Salzberg. Kathy, thanks for stepping up. Actually, Kathy was volunteered by the group unanimously. (laughs) So it's good to know, Kathy, that you had the full faith support and backing of everybody in the room. There are no naysayers. There are no people who are saying, hey, wait a minute, I don't want Kathy. So (laughs) you're good to go. Thank you, Peter, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, because this is January 2nd when we're recording this, my uh, writing today is about New Year's resolutions. But this one is called The Dog's New Year's Resolutions. My humans are fond of making New Year's resolutions, like going on a diet, joining a gym, reading more, and drinking less. As a dog, I've noticed that they rarely stick to them, but that's beside the point. I want to start the new year with a few resolutions of my own, so here goes. Dump my obedience trainer. She is such a control freak. This year, I want to replace her with my own personal coach. There is so much more to me than sit, stay, and heal. I've had it with living only to please others, never for myself. How would my owners like it if I told them when and where they could go to the bathroom? (laughs) Would they like going party on command? I think not. My personal coach would help me identify my own needs and desires, Life is short for Pete's sake. My new year will be the equivalent of my master's next seven. I need to explore my full potential. I want to be me. Next, stand up to the cat. That frivolous little furball does absolutely nothing useful around the house. No fetching the paper. No warning the folks when intruders approach. No keeping the backyard free of squirrels. She eats, sleeps, jumps up on any piece of furniture her heart desires, sharpens her nails on the sofa and woodwork, fouls the atmosphere with vile odors from her porta potty, and throws a hissy fit every time I sniff her. <laughs> How come it's always us dogs who need an attitude adjustment? If ever a pet needed obedience school, it's her. I guarantee you that creature wouldn't heal if her life depended on it. Next, find a new groomer. I am sick, sick, sick of the same old hairdo. It's always the same look, year in and year out. Clipper the body, trim the legs short, a little poof on my head and fuzzy cheeks. Yes, it's sensible for a middle-aged dog like me, and it's very low maintenance for my owner, but it's about as boring as a bowl full of kibble. I want to wear my tresses long and flowing like a rock star. I'd like some blonde highlights, too. 
I am so ready for a new style with a little pizzazz. Next, master human body language. My owners pretty much have my body language down. No biggie. After all, it doesn't take a Mensa member to catch my drift. Ears up and tail up. I'm a happy camper. Let's go for a walk. Ears and tail down. I'm sorry I chewed it. I didn't know it was your favorite softball glove. Or, I'm sorry I couldn't hold it in for one more second. (laughs) I had all four legs crossed and I was ready to burst. Where the heck were you? Did you get caught in traffic or what? Fanny up, front end down. Let's get ready to rumble. Rolling over with legs in the air. How obvious is this? I want a belly rub and I want it now. As for the behavior displays of my Mr. and Mrs., I find them a lot more puzzling. Why does she get so worked up every time he goes to the Home Depot for a screwdriver and comes home with other stuff, like the new ladder, the wheelbarrow as big as a rowboat, the riding lawnmower, or the do-it-yourself skylight kit? Why do I have to share the couch with him when he comes home from the office Christmas party, smelling like a mixture of Jack Daniels and Evening in Paris? <laughs> Why does she shoo me out in the porch when he brings home flowers and puts on that Barry White CD? <laughs> Why does he spend all his time in the basement workshop when her mother comes to visit? Why is he so overprotective about the remote control? <laughs> and how come their baby can crawl all over the house but it never gets crated? When I drool, it's disgusting. But when a little rug rat does it, she picks it up and coos while she wipes its chin. Next, stand up on my hind legs and demand more respect. Excuse me, but the word dog is not an insult. It happens to be the name of one of the universe's most loyal and intelligent creatures, not to mention drop-dead gorgeous. How come humans use it as a put-down? When women are trashing a man with an eye for the ladies other than themselves, what do they say? He's a dog. When a group of guys discuss a female whose looks wouldn't make the cut at the human show ring, you know what they say? She's a dog. Dog face, dog ear, dog tired, sick as a dog, dog breath. Always such negative terms. Not only are we good looking and smart, some of us are getting fed up with our status as Pets. We're canine companions and bona fide members of the family. In spite of a few fleas and a little furniture gnawing when we were too young to know better, we are members of your pack, not playthings to be discarded once we've outgrown our cute stage. This is real life we're talking about here, not one of your romance novels. Maybe it's time for us to take to the streets. Forget Free Willy. How about release Rover? Look at me. I'm getting all fired up with revolutionary fever over here. I'm panting. I'm visualizing a pack of furry rebels running loose in the streets, commandeering kennels, hijacking the dog officer's truck, locking pet shop clerks in cages, and setting those pricey little puppies free. Whoops, I've got to take a break here. The missus just got home, and she's carrying a bag from that new doggy bakery. Whoa, canine crullers. I've got to sink my teeth into those babies. I'll get back to my mutt manifesto tomorrow. 
Well, maybe Wednesday, if she takes me for that long run on the beach, like she promised. Very good. Wow, you outdid yourself. I love that. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I need to explore the strangeness that lurks within that mind. <laughs> the mind of a dog. One, that was wonderful. The mind of a dog. Right. You put, wow. your, put yourself in the other... In a, a pause. <laughs> 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 another, I don't know how to finish that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. Nice alliteration. Yeah. Release Rova. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sow the seeds now for next summer and ask you to write something about the dog days of summer. Oh, you're on. Oh, if it's about dogs, she's I'll all do over it. it. She's all over it. Wow. That was good, Kathy. That was great. So, Kathy, let's move on to our next great piece of work. Okay. And next, we have Bill, or Billy, today. Hello, I'm, I'm, Bill, I'm Billy Wiley, and... Uh, I wrote a poem about New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions always get spoken, but the true fact is they never get broken. They say they'll quit smoking, but never do. They take out their anger on you. I'll lose weight this time for sure. They see the food and just want more. The temptation is too strong. They get weak and can't go on. Whatever they try, they seem to fail. Temptation is strong, like being in jail. <laughs> I'll try to do this the best I can. I, n I never quite make it. I'm not the man. I'm not the man to do these things. Let me fly away like I'm on wings. New Year's resolutions are hard to do. Temptation is strong. I'll quit with you. I'll quit right now and just give up. I won't go on. I have no luck. But maybe someday I'll do it for sure. I'll say I've won and won't want more. Very good. Very good, yeah. I like the cadence and the rhyming. Some years ago, I adopted the New Year's resolution to not make resolutions. And yet I still failed. <laughs> so next... We'll have Carol Belcher. My piece is titled A New Year's Resolution. What is a resolution anyway? The dictionary describes it as strength of mind, steadfastness, and persistence. The thesaurus says it is unshakable, firm, and determined. These words describe my intent. My New Year's resolution this year shall be to be a kinder and more interested person, to work harder at listening carefully to others and to hear the things not said. I shall not be quick to offer advice, but to encourage my companion to think more deeply about their subject, hopefully to solve the problem. I shall try to make people feel better about themselves, to be kind and often funny. Funny is a wonderful tool. It relaxes people and helps them speak up. No matter the method I use to help the people, I want it to be kind. Very good. I like that one. Yeah, I do too. Mm. Kindness as a resolution. Amen to that. 
And now we'll hear from Alice Judge. Happy 2019. Hopefully the hangover from celebrating New Year's Eve has dissipated and you're well on your way to fulfilling those New Year's resolutions you made for 2019 or not. I never was one for writing down New Year's resolutions for the coming year. I knew it would be futile. Why waste the paper it would be written on? Since by the 1st or 2nd of January in the new year, I had forgotten my resolutions. I never was one to celebrate New Year's Eve in recent years. Sometimes, if I went over somebody's house at a gathering, I would do as everyone else did and count down to the new year. But I honestly don't care if I see the ball drop. I remember when I was younger, I was invited to a New Year's Eve party. It was decided we would start the festivities at midnight. All the females dressed in fancy outfits, and the party lasted until around 4 a.m. I guess I have made resolutions in my mind. Number one would be to lose weight. Ten, maybe 20 pounds would be nice. But I have that resolution every day to lose weight. (laughs) Then there's always the resolution to exercise. I have gotten better with that since my daughter gave me a Fitbit for Christmas a couple of years ago. It's my latest toy, and I make sort of a game out of it, seeing how much I can walk, attempting to be better than the day before. Those are my two biggies, weight and exercise. Let's see. I would like to write more. Oh, I do procrastinate. I always want to do better at that, not doing that. I guess I could be more organized. Maybe I should write these things down. (laughs) And now we'll hear from Joe Ewald. Hi, I'm Joe Ewald, and the name of my story is New Year's resolutions. <laughs> what else? That's it. The best we, we are resolved to... <laughs> to I, I can't help but use an emphasis on the there word. There you go. Uh, the best New Year's resolution is to have no year's resolution at all. I myself have never had one, and I never will. People that do have them, most will start them, and then never finish. I have quit smoking, drinking, and doing drugs. And they were not New Year's resolutions. When I quit smoking, it was because I caught a chest infection and was in the hospital for 17 days. I could not smoke. So when I got out, I decided to go for it, and here I am 17 years later, cigarette-free. The easiest one to quit was drinking. I only drank because I had an over-the-counter stimulant to help me. Once the FDA took that off the shelf, I stopped. And that was in 1996, 23 years without a drink. The hardest vice to quit was the drugs. I had been the worst Percocet addict that you could imagine. I was on it for nine years. The only reason I stopped was because I moved to Massachusetts from Virginia 
where it was easy to get. I had a doctor there that was an enabler. When I moved back here, it was a lot tougher to get. The doctors here were a lot stricter about writing prescriptions, so I could not get the opiates so easily as I could before. It gave me no choice but to quit. All three addictions that I acquired, I stopped cold turkey. Drinking was easy. I was never a real drinker in the first place. Once they took the stimulant off the market, it was simple to put on the brakes. To end smoking was a little harder. It was really tough to halt something that I was doing for 28 years. But you know something? It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It takes about 14 days for the nicotine to get out of your system. After that, it's all in your head. Now, after 18 years, I occasionally get the same dream that I am still smoking. Now, for stopping the Percocets, like I said, it was a different story. For six months, I stayed in my condo. I didn't attend family get-togethers. I did not go out, and I did not socialize. Finally, after half a year, it started to get a little easier. And here I am, Percocet free. My whole point about my little story is that it doesn't necessarily take a New Year's resolution to quit. In my case, everything was situational. It just came at me out of the blue. Plus, I think I had a little bit of help from the man up above. The way I quit is not a blueprint to stop. Everybody is different. And if they want to quit something, it doesn't have to be a New Year's thing. You just have to find your own way. Happy New Year and God bless everyone. Absolutely. Kind of flubbed it over here. Really good. That was great. It was wonderful. It was yeah. wonderful. You deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's the New Year's thing is like it's, it's been a, a tradition for so long that, right. you know, and it's just, it's, it's. I, I, I think it's a case of people are well intended. Yeah. But yeah. lifestyle changes come hard. They, they do. do. Yeah, they just true. do. Yeah, and uh, like I, all three of those were different. <laughs> right. You know, right. Because I, you know, success story. That it is. Well, it's got a happy. It's got a happy ending. Yeah. Right, and I do like the fact that they were different perspectives. There is one thing that I found that worked. You know, the number one resolution that most people have at the new year is weight loss. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's always the biggie, and that's why. You know, all the weight loss centers that sort of come out of the woodwork right yep. after Christmas Absolutely. with their ad so, campaigns. So, so you so. don't think it's like stop drinking or stop smoking? No, it's, it's, it's weight. the weight loss thing is it yeah. because yeah. it's something that plagues. Yeah, yeah. And right. I think that's the worst one of all. How do you it's, stop eating? Oh. Right. Yeah. It plagues all of us. Well, and then, and then you will, okay, well, I'm going to start working out. I'm going right. to go to the gym. I can tell you one thing that worked uh, for me. Um, it's not about dieting. It's about how. And I did it one day a week. That was it. Oh. Mm -hmm. So Because everyone, you know, they throw themselves headlong at a diet. Yeah. You know, it's like jumping off a giant 100-foot cliff, like cliff diving. I'm dying! <laughs>
and, 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 and you don't know what. <laughs> you, <laughs> don't anybody talk to you. And, and, and you know, once you're in it, you're, you're doomed to failure because it's too yeah. abrupt and too permanent a it change. Is. But right. if you made a commitment to just one day a week, right. everybody can diet for one day. Yeah. And then how many, uh, how many weeks did you stay on that? About six weeks in, I added a second day. There you go. That That's, was a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Start, you start yeah. slow. So it started, then, Monday was my day, and then later on I added a Wednesday, and then later on I added Friday. You know what you just did was you changed your lifestyle. That's it, right there. Yep. That's and it. that's the philosophy yeah. of TOPS organization, right. take off pounds sensibly. Yep. Okay. You exactly. have to change your lifestyle because all diets work. Mm-hmm. It's they when do. you come off it. That's right. So you have to change your lifestyle. I know. But I think when a person has a lot of weight to lose. Um, it's also psychological, and yeah. they, they may yeah. need counseling or psychiatric yes. help yeah, to well, do it. Well, oh, well, definitely. A yeah. lot of people eat because they're depressed. Absolutely. I'm not saying everybody. Yeah. But or bored. It's a habit. Yeah. 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 Like, like for me, it's like the best, best part of the day for me is when I have ice cream for at sure. night. Before, oh, yeah, yeah, I love that. That makes my day. It's having an Absolutely. ice cream. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You have to know yourself because right. I was wondering how come I would come from a book club or a woman's club where we just ate mm-hmm. and right. I'd get in the house and I would yeah. look for stuff to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because you're at that energy high, you're in an emotional high mm-hmm. and you're trying to It isn't really about it. hunger. Right. No. Not about hunger. Right. I'm happy. What's to eat? I'm depressed. Yeah. What's to eat? I'm bored. What's to eat? eat I'm this. nervous. What's to eat? I'm eat. stressed. What's to eat? <laughs> yeah. Not thinking about yeah. food. Well, Peter, how much did you lose? Eighty pounds. Wow. Oh, you did, did you really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wonderful. How long? Kept you, it off. Do you, do you have how pictures long? of uh, of before uh, and buried? After. <laughs> <laughs> All the before pictures are buried. Then <laughs> <in the laughs> John Deloise wrote a cookbook. Eat this, you'll oh. feel better. <laughs> right. See, I'm, I'm the um, opposite. I'm always trying to put on weight. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm skinny. Oh. Yeah. And it's yeah. Because of my yeah. metabolism. Yeah. It's hard for me sure, to put on weight. True. I, I got to, I got to. Huh? Can we all hate I'll him switch. for two seconds right now? <laughs> no. I'll switch metabolism. I don't have to do any weight. I'm always, I can eat whatever I want. Yeah. yeah wait I'm, a minute. I, the I gotta, men in this group. I, I know. All like, of you guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Yes. It's hard. So, Kathy. Yes. I think we shall move on now. Okay. Next. The last is best. <laughs> okay. Now let's hear from Faith Flaherty. Okay. A new beginning. One stress-filled day at work, I had had it with Christmas gift-giving. It had been decided that we would have a Secret Santa gift exchange. We couldn't spend more than $20, though. All this is fine and dandy, but I'm a joiner and a pretty social person, and all my clubs, organizations, and groups were all doing the same thing. My secret Santa gift was bubble bath, just what I don't need. Bah humbug. I shower, not take baths, but I can't complain. That's the exact gift I gave, too. (laughs) Isn't it silly? I give you some junk under $20, and you give me junk under $20. Not that I'm proposing to spend more. I don't want to spend anything. I don't want a gift exchange at all. Every year, I have too many little under $20 gifts. Two book club Yankee swaps under $20. Work gift exchange under $20. 
my work copy mate, whatever I can spend. Walking group gift exchange, around $10. Hairdresser, around $20. Women's club ornament swap, $15 to $20. Bible study gift, under $20. Paperboy, $10. Monthly dinner group, under $20. I was exasperated, and I let my harangue spill out on my poor friend, who happened to have the misfortune to be listening to my tirade. Then something happened that is scorched into my memory. My friend stood up, nice and straight, with a pained look on her face. She opened her bag and took out a Christmas gift and threw it at me. Well, here's one more piece of junk for you. Uh, I, 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 I didn't know what to say. I remembered feeling my neck get red, and I don't remember if we talked. I don't remember if she was angry. I don't remember how she felt. I don't remember anything. I probably repressed the memory. But I learned a lesson. At first I was embarrassed. That was a given. More than embarrassed, I was humiliated. My soul had been bared before me, and I learned that I was selfish, overbearing, thoughtless, and uh, a monster. Bah humbug, I was worse than a Grinch. This Christmas season was a period of soul-searching self-reflection. I contemplated the purpose of giving gifts. Gift-giving should express love, even gifts under $20. Gifts of love have thought put into what and why you buy them. You tailor the gift for the receiver. Why would I buy bubble bath when I didn't know whether or not the receiver took baths? I wasn't thinking of others at all. I just wanted to be rid of the obligation and purchased whatever was on sale or what I had a coupon for. My New Year's resolution is to be more aware of others. I will think of the needs, wants, and likes of others, especially when it comes to gift-giving. Wow. Wow. That's what it's all about. There you go. Very nice. I think you and Carol are kind of on the same page there from what I heard of resolution. Yeah. Excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> but a boom. Yeah. yeah um, I found the cheapest thing was candy, boxes of candy. candy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I would go cash. and get tin. Here's, I'm, I'm buying cash. tin, and or, everybody's or getting it. That's what I did buying this in bulk. So, your turn. My turn. I am now going to wrap it all up with an interesting perspective on the start of the year. About five years ago, I started renaming January the 1st. For me, January the 1st is not New Year's Day. I call it Putter Day. It is the day that you putter at things and you do something interesting and useful. It's my way of getting a start to the year rather than sitting around and doing nothing What can I do on day number one of the new year to do something constructive or enjoyable? So that's the background of Putter Day. This year, January the 1st, 2019, what will I do on Putter Day? Not sure. I will do something. Putter Day is my start to the new year. Doing is what Putter Day is all about. Among many works by famed Harvard futurist Buckminster Fuller, A small book, written later in his career, called I Seem to Be a Verb. His premise is simple. 
Fuller described mankind as a doing creature. We are defined by our verbs, by our activities, pursuits, by our achievements. We're happiest when we live not in a static place, but at some rate of progress. We're always seeking to advance. The faster we progress, the happier we are. Whenever we achieve a goal, a plateau, we momentarily celebrate. But then we realize, okay, there's still more. We wonder, okay, what's next? And we move on. It begs the question, if you are not in motion, then what are you? Life is inherently an urgent thing. Learn to appreciate it that way. Puttering is merely that relaxed, resting state for those of us who enjoy living in motion. When we first take in this great big world, everything is novel and wondrous through our child's eye. Every day is filled with wonder, fascinating things to discover. As we mature and we age, the world can become all too familiar and increasingly ordinary. We can become comfortable with the familiar, complacent with our station and circumstance. Puttering keeps that little kid in you curious and helps you to answer the recurring question, okay, what's next? May you enjoy the pleasurable pursuits of Putter Day. Very good. If you would like to join the Senior Center's Writers Group, just call the Senior Center. For our writers, Kathy Salzberg, Billy Wiley, Carol Belcher, Alice Judge, Joey Wald, Faith Flaherty. Thanks for being with us here on Senior Story Hour and lending us your ears. I'm Peter J. Remember, be they laced with gravity, levity, wisdom, or whimsy, the meaningful experiences of life become a little larger when you share them, when you take a moment to commit pen to paper and just write.